So just a little bit, of, little bit of teaching before I just deliver this word. I believe it's the word of the Lord for someone this morning who needs to hear this and understand what the Lord is saying. Um, <clears throat> what it was, it was a picture of a... Uh, you know when you go into those train stations and you see those turnstiles? You know, it was like they were heading for a train that was leaving and they needed to be on the train. And they got to the turnstile, it was all chained up. And that was the picture that I first got. And, and I know this about the prophetic as well. When the Lord gives you a vision, when the Lord shows you something, what you need to do is lean in and look harder. That's just a little tip. The Lord gives you visions because what will come with the leaning in is the interpretation and the understanding. And um, again, not always with an understanding of who it's for. But you can just put it out there anyway and... Uh, but the Lord deals with me in that way because I don't always know, you know, sitting in a church of, you know, sometimes up to 100, you, you, you're not too sure and the Lord's not necessarily giving it directly for you to tell who it's for. So it might be for several people to understand. But there's this uh, turnstile and it's all locked up and I saw the person that's standing there looking at their schedule. They've got a schedule. They've got their timing and they're thinking they need to be on the train that's leaving. That's what they're thinking that I need to be on that train. And, uh, and the Lord's saying, no, that's not your train. All right? And it's like a bit of a hesitation, a bit of a, oh, but, 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 but I thought, oh, I've got the schedule, I've got the time, I've got everything right, it's leaving now, I need to be on that train now. The Lord's saying, no, that's not your train. And of course, the, the answer is, what do you do with that then? And of course, I heard the Lord say, go back to the person who issued that schedule. You need to talk to them because the schedule's wrong. You need to go back to them and talk to them about the time and the scheduling because they got it wrong, whoever gave that to you, because you had it in your hand. And you need to go back to who it was that gave it to you. Now, it's a timing. It's in a season. And uh, the Lord did give me a scripture as well uh, to go with that. I'm just going to go to it. It's actually from Daniel chapter 2 and verse... Um, Verse uh, 21, it says this, He changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and establishes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. Amen. He knows. We have to go to him who knows everything. You know, when we have those moments when we feel like we've hit a, hit a blockade and we thought we were on schedule, we thought we were doing everything, we needed to go back to our Heavenly Father and find out and realise that the schedule we have is not from him if that's not what's going forward. Where did we get the schedule from? Where did we get the timing from? And know where it is and understand that we can get, go back and get the right one from him. Amen? Get the right schedule. Amen? And that train, I believe, is a train of destiny. Train of destiny. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Well, whoever needs to receive that can receive that. And um, I'm excited because, you know, even when we're planning to do the will of God, the Bible's, you know, uh, uh, you know I believe that we're actually in the will of God. It's a big thing about God. If he knows what our heart is, is to be in the will of God, we're actually in the will of God. People sort of struggle with that and say, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not in the will of God. If you're planning to be, you're in the will of God. And uh, you can keep working uh, down that, um, on, the, on that basis. Keep walking with him.
You know, there was a time when I used to think that uh, the prophetic word was actually to scold people and tell people off and actually, you know, give them a sense that, that you know, they were somehow wrong and out of God's good books. We're all in his good books if we're saved. Amen? We're all walking with him with that desire to, to be pleasing in his sight and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Amen. Praise the Lord. Who likes being in his good books? Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad. And I found out that, you know, it's very hard to leave his good books. Very, very hard, you know, to get out of his good books. Amen. Well, you know, in our current series on being spiritual, we've begun to study the need as a Christian to be a person of the heart. And, you know, someone who's sensitive to the ways of God's spirit and understand what that means and how that works in our lives. We've considered that our creation <clears throat> um, by God is one, you know, that we are spirit, um, we what? Have a soul, and we live in a body. Now, you remember that? I've been, I've been throwing this up for quite a while now, and um, I'm going to keep, keep pushing it out there until you get a hold of it. I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I what? Live in a body, you know. And uh, we've been seeing this for a while. And of course, what part of us gets born again? It's our spirit that gets born again. And uh, it's that part of us that comes to life in Christ. And uh, we know that it's not the natural physical person uh, that connects with God. It's not the natural ear that hears him or receives his prompts. Now, there is, a, there is a, an audible voice. And you can see people in the Old Testament, you can see some New Testament accounts of the audible voice. But the audible voice is not something that the um, average Christian experiences. is not how God normally speaks. He usually speaks within your spirit. Actually, that's where you get to hear his voice. It's through your spiritual ear that you get to hear his voice. Very rarely with that audible voice where it's actually out, where, you know, even other people could hear that. But um, it's so very interesting, you know, that uh, knowing that it's not the not the physical person that connects with God. It's not the natural ear that hears from him or receives his prompts. It's not that. It's the spiritual person. And uh, we, um, in vocational training or vocational learning, um, we, at, uh, uh, in that process, or if you've ever been engaged with that, they teach you about learning styles. People have different learning styles. Uh, even in the, um, uh, just the teaching industry, they teach you different children have different learning styles. Some are audible learners, uh, some are visual learners. I found out that I'm a visual learner. God wants to speak to me, he'll give me a vision. You know, he wants to show me something, he'll give me a vision. He also speaks, and I hear his voice as well in that, in that way, but it's in my spirit. I'll tell you a funny story, actually. I had, had, a, <laughs> had a lady in our church, and she, um, uh, this is back in Queensland, uh, when we were there during the 90s, and uh, she'd been believing to be filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in other tongues and uh, that had been her excitement was that she was pressing in for that she'd had a, um, a sort of an evangelical background and uh, she'd been praying and praying and praying to be filled with the Holy Spirit and uh, just in case anyone wandered in here and didn't know we're a Pentecostal church we are by the way uh, there she was and she I was walking down the street and she bounced up to me in the street and she said Pastor Peter, I just wanted to, I'm so excited. And I said, what is it, what is it? She goes, I've got my voices. <laughs> I've got my voices. And I said, oh, I, I obviously interpreted what she meant by that. 
she'd other words, she's, she'd, you know, she now has had her heavenly prayer language. She was now speaking in other tongues and she was pretty excited about it. And I said to her, I said, I don't think we'd better call it voices, all right? Let's, just, <laughs> let's call it tongues, okay? You've got your prayer language, you've got your heavenly prayer language, but let's not call it voices, you know? Because what happens is that people start to think that you're a little bit, you know, a little bit unusual because you talk about hearing from God. And so it is, it is information that you need to make sure you're around people who understand that you can hear from God to start talking about it. And um, that's, just in it, that's just a little tip as far as, you know, uh, talking about your learning style. You might hear the voice of the Lord more than you do with your visual side. You might be more of an audible learner. And the Lord knows what you are and he'll use what you are. And of course, the thing that we're seeing is that people who are more intellectual, more cerebral, sometimes struggle with their sensitivity uh, to the ways of God's spirit. You know, we recognise that our relationship and our connection, uh, um, you know, our connection with God comes from, you know, that spirit to spirit connection, that um, heart to heart relationship. We even sang it, you know, from our heart to the heavens. You know, it's that connection to our heavenly father that we're actually walking in. You know, and as a consequence, our communication with God is spiritual. Amen? It is a spiritual. And this is why we get a hold of this truth. We get a hold of this truth so very, very um, uh, easily by understanding that we are a spirit first and foremost. First and foremost, we are a spirit in nature. And it's from the spirit of man where we enjoy a connection with God's spirit. We commune with God from the heart, you know, from the spirit. The Apostle Paul also describes the spirit of man whilst talking to the church, you know, on the conduct of spiritual women. And it's a good word, actually, a very good word. But um, we'll just look at the one verse there. And it says uh, in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 3 to 4, Do not let your adornment be merely outward arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Amen. Notice how Peter describes a spirit, you know, the spirit of man as being the hidden man of the heart. Whether you're a woman or you're a man, there's a hidden man of the heart there. Amen? Don't worry, don't get caught up with whether that's what we're all, we're all the same in God, we're all spirits. And it's from that place that we discern God's spirit, what he is saying, what he is doing, so we can flow with him and, uh, and get to know that direction and guidance. Let's um, uh, also look at 1 Corinthians 2. We did look at this last week just briefly, but it's a good verse, uh, really aligns with what we're talking about. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14 to 16, and it says, The natural man does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. You know, that's that natural person who more leans over in their understanding to natural ways of seeing things, understanding things, equating things, and of course they struggle. And uh, it says, and cannot understand them because they're spiritually discerned. These are things that, that in your relationship with God that your, your natural uh, uh, part of you is not really going to understand it anyway. It starts with the spirit, you see. And the spiritual man judges all things, but he, he himself is not subject to anyone's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. In other words, we have that capacity, that connection to him that ever lives to make intercession for us up there in, the, you know, in our heavenly, in our heavenly uh, destination. 
you know, that natural man that uh, houses our spirit, you know, has its place, has its function. But it's the spirit of man, you know, the heart of man that connects with God, you know, connects um, uh, with the Father's heart. Jesus said over in Luke chapter uh, 17, he said, the kingdom of heaven is within you. The kingdom of heaven is actually within you. Many Christians uh, uh, live far below that level of spiritual connection uh, with with God that has, you know, that he's called them to. He's called us to a, a growing relationship, uh, to develop our, our, uh, our maturity spiritually. Um, we've called this topic being spiritual, you know, but we, it's something that we need to keep pressing in for, something we have to keep going after. But, um, you know, some people have tried to, you know, connect with God from, from that natural person, from who they are in the natural and, of course, that's not how we connect. It's, it's a spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection. And, uh, and, of course, with that wrong connection, you find you can't go very far. Here's a question for you to sort of keep us understanding um, about, uh, you know, our heart connection with our Heavenly Father. Were there people of the heart in the Old Testament? Here's a question. Was it? Yes, there was. Rosemary's going, absolutely there was. Okay, good. Just in case you're still thinking, how about David? You know, destined by God to be king of Israel. And uh, we see he didn't even get invited. He didn't even get invited to the ordination service that was happening at his dad's house. All his brothers got invited, but he was out in the field, in the paddock. And of course, when Samuel is wanting to uh, ordain him to be the king, uh, he knows that none of those, those sons that are there uh, is, the, is the one. And of course, the Lord had not given him the grace to, to lay hands on any of them. And he says, this, and he says to, to, you know, to uh, Eli, or Jesse, um, are these all your sons? And he says, no, there's still one in the paddock. And he said, go and get him. And you know, the Lord spoke to him that time and, says, and said to him, said, God does not look, at, look on the outward appearance, he looks on the heart. That's where God looks. And he saw something in David that he wanted to be, uh, uh, you know, in, on the throne. He saw something in David that was needed in Israel at that time. I'll tell you what it was. He was a worshipper. He was a guy that connected with God from the heart. You know, he was the one that was just sort of saying, you know what, I just need the presence of God right now. And he would do that through his, uh, through his, uh, uh, his uh, uh, royal duties. And note this, you know, it's not that he knew how to, you know, kill a lion or, you know, kill a bear or he's a giant killer. It wasn't those things that qualified him. You know, he was pretty good with the slingshot, but that still didn't qualify him. David is described by the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts as having that ultimate qualification of, for, for I believe, working with God. And, and we all should be known and be uh, equipped spiritually to have the same. You know, and, uh, and that's having a heart after God. Let's pick up his message and hear a historical account there. Uh, the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 13 and 19, it says in verse, uh, uh, verse 19, it says there, and having vanquished seven nations in Canaan, talking about the, 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 um, God's work in the people of Israel, bringing them into the promised land, he gave their land to his people as an inheritance. In verse 20, all this took about 450 years. And after this, God gave them judges. Uh, you can read about that in the book of Judges, by the way. But he gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet. And then verse 21, Then the people asked for a king, 
and God gave them 40 years under Saul, son of Kish, from the tribe of Benjamin. And we go down into verse 22, and it says there, And after removing Saul, he raised up David as their king and testified about him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will carry out my will in its entirety. People of the heart are concerned with the will of God. All right, and where do we find the will of God? In the Word, and of course, through revelation, and of course, you know, connecting with His heart. It's where we find His will. It's not the first time that we see people in the Bible who walk with God, who had a heart for God and His will. Men and women of the heart are devoted to seeing God's will accomplished, seeing God's will done. Our part is to fulfill his heart. A little rhyme there just to throw in. Our heart is to fulfill his heart. Amen? Caleb and Joshua distinguished themselves as, uh, as men of the heart simply with their determination to go after God's will, to believe God at his word and not doubt him. In promising Caleb and Joshua their inheritance in the land and that they had just been in and spied out, we see again the Lord acknowledging their spirit, acknowledging their heart that they had, following God from the heart. Numbers chapter 14, we'll look at that. It says, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and has followed me, what? Wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. I will bring him into the land he has entered and his descendants will inherit it. You know, the other, ten, uh, the other ten spies brought an evil report of unbelief. Evil report of unbelief. Remember that. Unbelief always gets us going the wrong way. Gets us getting away from where God wants us. Where he wants us walking. You know, how he wants us living. We already know that if we go with doubt, we will go without. Okay? If we go with doubt, we will go without. If we believe, we will receive amen i don't know about you but i like little rhymes you know i i think i was a poet and i didn't know it i'm not sure but we'll see but anyway see what happens in my retirement i might pen a poem or two i don't know don't worry retirement i don't understand retirement at all actually i found out that in god there is no retirement amen you never you know you're never off off the off the books never off, you know, uh, being used from, you know, by him. Amen. You know, I understand when we do follow the Lord from the heart, we get favour from God, favour from him. What about Daniel? He's also a man after God's heart, isn't he? You know, he's in the land of captivity. He's serving a foreign king and he's just doing the right thing. That's what I like about Daniel. He just seems to be the guy that wants to do the right thing. And that's okay if that's you and you sort of say, I don't know that I'm really in the will of God, but gee, I really just want to do the right thing. I tell you, that's just a real Daniel thing for, as far as I'm concerned. And, uh, you know, his heart connection to God cannot be questioned. Daniel chapter 6 and verse uh, 1 through to 3, we just read that. It says, it pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. Uh, they were like princes, okay, uh, obviously for governance purposes. And to be over the whole kingdom. And over these, that's the 120 satraps, uh, there were three governors, of whom Daniel was one. Then Daniel uh, distinguished himself 
among the governors and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him up over the whole region. So there's, you know, a recognition sometimes, a favour that we see sometimes when we'll walk with God's heart, we'll maintain that heart connection, it gets us walking in favour, gets us walking into what God's uh, intention uh, for us is. You know, this should help us to understand, you know, that we from the Spirit serve the Lord, go after his purposes wholeheartedly. Favour from God affects not just our work life or our church life, it affects everything. Favour is like a covering, isn't it, that can be over your life. And things start to go well when we start to work and, uh, you know, work with God and not for God. Amen? There's a little adjustment there for some. It's not about working for God, it's about working with God. And that's how we do it, and we actually do it from the heart. We start to connect with his, and we start to walk in greater, uh, a, a greater alignment with his purposes, his will. And, you know, sometimes you have to understand that his will is daily. How many of you know that his will is daily? There are aspects of your day every time you wake up that God wants you to walk in that you should try and connect into his heart for that to occur. In the workplace, among your family, around your friends. God wants us to have that heart connection and be sensitive to it for us to fulfill the Father's will. Outside of the four walls of the church, it's so key that we get a hold of that. It's not uh, for being used by the Lord in the workplace only. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's also among our family and our friends. You know. And here's a question, another question for you. Where is the secret place? Where is that? You know? Where is the secret place? Psalm um, 91 speaks of dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Where is it? Someone says, I don't want to tell you it's a secret. <laughs> but let's just answer that question just in case you're guessing. It's within you. You know, it's within your spirit. That's the secret place of the Most High. And that's where he wants to meet with us. You know, it's in that, that spiritual relationship. You know, some people, some Christians, Christians who you would expect to know better, still think that it's kind of up in heaven away. Up and away where God said the kingdom of heaven is within you, you know. That's where you're going to touch and, and, and connect with the God the Father. We've got this, you know, Bette Midler idea that, you know, he is watching us from a distance somewhere, you know, he's off and away. No, he's, he's front and centre, right in the middle of us. And, you know, it's, it's as we start to get a hold of that truth, that understanding, and start to walk with him, and as we stop being religious... I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings this morning, but that religiousness sometimes just takes us right out and away from where God wants us. He wants us close and up front and centre with him. You know, the Old Testament uh, saints knew about the secret place of the Most High. They knew about that. Praise the Lord. Psalm 91 and verse 2, 1 to 2, it says there, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. You know, that connection heart to heart is meant to change how we behave and change how we speak. You see, and, and I'll just make that little connection, Jesus himself said, from the abundance of the what? The mouth speaks. 
from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what are you putting in there? What are you feeding into your spirit? Just lately, I don't know why, but I, I've, I've found myself, I like current affairs. I like to know what's going on, okay, in the world. And Rosemary will tell you, if, if I'm in, you know, firing on all cylinders, I'll watch every current affair program that's available. But I've just, lately, the Lord's just, I've just, it's like it's, he's just taken that away from me. And it's just, I'm not interested. Maybe it's because of what's going on in the world at the moment, you know. Some of the, it's just like, no, I don't want to watch that. But, you know, I, I'm just finding I'd just rather sit and be quiet with God. Just sit and just even, you know, every moment through the day, just sit and, and just, you know, just check my connection. Check my connection with, you know, with my Father's heart. I want to, you know, uh, be in that place to hear his word and, and uh, know what he's saying. Get that word into my life and heart. The heart of man, uh, that place where we commune and can meet with the Lord, is also described as the mountain of God, okay? The mountain of God. In Psalm 15 verse 1, you know, just a couple more scriptures before we finish this morning. O Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell in your holy mountain? You know, and so it's sort of got this sense of it being a place that you would climb up to. Look what it says. He who walks with integrity and practices righteousness. We're talking about maintaining that place of his presence. Who speaks the truth from his heart. Who has no slander on his tongue. Who does, not harm, uh, who does no harm to his neighbour. Who casts no scorn on his friend. Who despises the vile but honours those who fear the Lord. Who does not revise a costly oath who lends his money without interest and refuses a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things will never be shaken. So there's, a, there's not only a heart connection, but a, a resulting behaviour, a behaviour that we maintain as well because we hold the presence of God so precious to us. You know, in other words, we're not going to go out there and you know, come to church on Sunday and live like the world uh, the other six days of the week. Being out there just, you know, where, where they can't even tell you're a Christian. And by the way, uh, non-Christians know how Christians should behave better than Christians. <laughs> Isn't it true? They'll tell you too. You shouldn't be doing that. You're a Christian. Well, I didn't see you in church last week. How do you know? <laughs> you're reading your Bible lately. You know. Um, but, you know, our behaviour should, should be a reflection you know, our behaviour in God should be a reflection of how precious we uh, uh, have determined his uh, presence to be in our lives. David, in uh, the writing off the, the Psalms, lists off these behaviours you know, that need to be resisted in our own lives if we're going to benefit from the secret place. You know, don't expect to have that little precious word from the Lord if you're not walking in love toward your brothers and sisters. You know, that little precious word from the Lord might be, love your neighbour. You know, that, that little direction and correction from the Lord might be, you need to walk in love, you need to go and talk to them, you need to go and feel, uh, uh, fix that up. That you need to reconcile with this one or reconcile with that one. You know, it might be along those lines. And notice that salvation is not a result of getting it right here. You know, actually it's not. You know, it's, 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 it, it, it's not being moved or shaken from our connection with God that we need to focus on. 
our heart-to-heart -heart communion. We need to make sure that we don't allow behaviours in our life that shake that connection, that heart-to-heart, spirit-to-spirit connection. Going up the hill of the Lord is the same as going to your holy place is really the understanding we get here. And David understood it, a habit he practised back on his father's farm, I expect. Um, whilst out with the cattle in the paddocks, you know, he'd find a good vantage point where he could see all of the sheep. So he'd go up to a little hill or a little mountain maybe and, and look on down. But I'll tell you what he did know. He knew how to find the secret place. And he, and he talked about it in his psalms and, and uh, uh, the, the uh, music that he wrote. Psalm uh, 24 it says this, who may ascend the hill of the Lord, who may stand in his holy place. Look what he says. And he goes on and says it. He says, he who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear deceitfully, he will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God, from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face O God of Jacob, such is that generation. You know, in this new covenant age that we're in, being spiritual is a direct result of living our lives from the spirit, from the heart, being connected to the Father's heart, and desiring that more. Desiring that more. And you know, we always say, and I like to just under, underline this, you know, before we can get our relationship right here, you know, vertical, we have to make sure we've got our relationship right vertical. And I just say this, you know, you might be in the congregation today thinking of someone that maybe you're out of, you're out of relationship with, someone from the past, someone that's wronged you or done something wrong with you. You may not be able to reconcile that, but you can forgive from the heart. You can just let it go and let God come in and bring his healing balm. You'll be free. You'll be free from that. And that's so important. In our relationship with our Heavenly Father, He says, you know, go and sort out your relationships this way. If any man bring a gift, you know, let him first go. If he had ought against any, go and deal with that. It says there. Mark chapter, um, Mark chapter 11 and verse uh, 25, I think it is. You know, it talks about forgiving and letting go uh, if you've got. Uh, issues with others. So important for us all this morning. And I don't want to uh, uh, dwell on that particular point, but it's always a good thing to be reminded we're in church. We're blessed sitting in a great church, serving a wonderful God, but we've got to make sure our heart is clear from any unforgiveness toward others. You know, God's not pleased, you know, when, when we try and worship him, but still have an ill feeling this way. Amen? Or that way, or with others. And I'm, I'm like the rest of you. I've been hurt. I've been wronged. I've been, you know, done wrong by. And, uh, and you know, I found that, you know, if... That, well, how does the saying go? It says, holding unforgiveness towards someone is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to get sick. You ever heard that one before? Yeah, it's true. Holding unforgiveness towards someone is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to get sick. It doesn't, it doesn't work. We need to let go and let God. Amen? We have to let go first for him to be able to come in and work in those relationships. Amen? If you're here this morning, and I just say this, if you're here this morning and you've got a long 
long-lasting uh, just area. I don't need to know who it is or what it's about. If you've got a long area, I really believe that, that God wants you to deal with that today. He wants you to be a person of the heart. He wants you to let things go from the past so you can walk fully in your future. And if that's you this morning, I just want you to know, you can do it from your seat as we worship or you can come down afterwards and ask for prayer because Rosemary and I would be very keen to just pray with you this morning and help you get that off your life. Amen? And God wants it off your life as well. I say that. But just, but, sorry, but just before we do, just hold that. I just also wanted to acknowledge um, uh, Maria, who's, who's not going to be with us uh, uh, after today. She's been visiting. Uh, Jem's mum, nice to have you with us for a couple of weeks. And also, you know, just a couple of, a couple of weeks there, we, we, we appreciate your visit when you come. I know you're always blessed as you come. But also I just want to uh, acknowledge uh, Irene. Um, Irene uh, is visiting with us this morning uh, from Tasmania. New Zealand, beg your father, even further, across over New Zealand. And was here in 1989 when the church was first, um, uh, first built, actually. So you go way back to then, was in the church, yeah, with Les there, yeah. And um, with the church for probably a good five to six years, uh, which is fairly standard, you know, uh, people do a couple of seasons here. But um, uh, hallelujah, we just appreciate that you've been able to come and be a part of what's going on in here in the church. And did you um, want to share anything or say anything? Yeah. Yeah, come on up. Come on up. Just welcome Irene for a minute, will you? Um, I'll just... Kiora, and um, I am from New Zealand. I live in the Bay of Islands now. Um, I've got sinus, so I'm sorry if I'm a bit nasally. But um, the church I belong to is called Frontline. I planted straight in there from here after our six months around New Zealand. So I plant and I grow and I stuck. And a lot of great times in Broome that gave me a really great foundation and um, I see images and visions, and that started here. And um, I believe the Lord would say to you today, even though you've been seen as a lighthouse church shining out in the community, that's my memory of our prayer meetings, a lighthouse shining out in our community. You know, when the, the world circles around from Broome, there's channels of gold that go all around Australia and the world, which is the people that have been here, grown and seeded, and, or seeded and grown <laughs> the other way around, and matured and have gone out and are serving a purpose all around the world. And that's accounted to this faith. So be encouraged, keep going. Although you see people come and go, they're going out and doing amazing things. And it's, yeah, I can't say I'm an amazing thing, but I am a servant of the Lord in the house I've been planted in, and I know I'm a blessing. So that's what I have to say. Thanks so much, Irene. Why don't we just reach out toward Irene? We'll just pray for her. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the visitors and the people that come to us, Lord, from all over. Uh, Australia, all over the world, Father God. And we just uh, uh, just bring uh, Irene before you, Father God. She's not just a visitor, Father. She's, she, she's gone out as a daughter of the house, Lord God, and, and uh, been planted elsewhere, Father. And that's so much a part of the vision of this church, Lord God, that, that, that it would be involved in raising sons and daughters, Lord. Lifting up those ones that, Father, have your heart and see as you see, Lord God. And I, I thank you for Irene, Lord. We thank you for the visit from Irene today, Lord God. And we ask your blessing upon her 
and her family as she goes from here, Lord God. And Lord God, that you bring speedy recovery to those sinuses, Lord God, right now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for the pathway you have her on. And we know it's blessed of you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Now bless you, Irene. Good to have you along. Hallelujah.